Welcome to the Hardware Asylum Podcast Extras. In this episode, we talk about Minecraft, some of the things you need to know about the game, some of the mods you can do, and some of the adventures you can go on. I'm your host, Dennis Garcia. With me today, I have Darren McKay. people have bought this game. Okay, I'll buy it. What game? Call of Duty? No. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Black Ops? No. No. Minecraft. Minecraft. Ouch, that's a lot of people. Yeah, and according to the stats on the Minecraft.net website, uh, as of the recording of this podcast in the last 24 hours, 6,122 people have bought the game. Wow, and you wonder why Microsoft bought this thing, and how much did they pay? I think it was like $2.5 billion, which is... Oh my gosh. It's a bit shy of the Activision Candy Crush purchase of $5.9 billion. That's just insane, Dennis. It it is, and I I read this today, otherwise I probably wouldn't know this, but um, Notch, the guy that created Minecraft, used to work at King. That was where he got his uh, development roots. Oh, wow. And Small world. Yeah, the King developers wouldn't allow him to work on his Moonlight project, so he left to go to another place to, to work, which was, I don't know. Apparently, it led to big things. he was right, yeah. Minecraft, wow. Yeah, so the whole reason that I'm bringing this up is because I was looking for a new game to kind of suck up some time in my life, and I've I mentioned this in the last podcast, in the last extra. Oh, yeah, yeah. In that I was looking at Minecraft and it was, um, it intrigued me because it was, you know, it's a, it's a sandbox game. You know, it was a bunch of blocks. It's really blocky. A lot of people are turned off by that. Originally I was turned off by the cell shaded nature of Borderlands, but <laughs> you know, 600 hours in that game has oh, kind of no. swayed me the other direction. But well, and you have to remember, you know, we grew up in the eight bit world. So as snobby as we sometimes get about graphics, I mean, that's kind of our heritage, right? Yeah, a little bit. Although Minecraft is like big blocks, which is pretty crazy, but it's sandboxing. So you can create whatever you want. You mine a tree, you convert the tree into planks and you can create a house or you can create a dock or you can create a bridge. Um, you can throw them in lava and burn them. There's a lot of mechanics within the game that intrigues me. And it's one that it's, um, it's a time sink because there is a, there's obvious in game, you know, you get to the very end of the game, uh, and you fight the ender dragon, get your 12,000 experience points or whatever, and then you're done. Um, but to get there, there's a lot of things that you have to do. It's not necessarily like dig to get this and grab that. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily task-based because there's more than one way to get there. So this is not RPG, right? There's not like quests and leveling up. No, there's not. It's um, You start in a blank world, and then you need to start gathering resources. Um, the first thing you need to do is like survival, right? First thing you need to do is build a way to protect yourself because when the night comes you the mobs spawn so you get like zombies zombie villagers oh no suddenly it sounds like h1z1 or any of the many zombie sandbox games yeah kind of like that i would have never associated with minecraft now full disclosure my kids play minecraft but i do not yeah in fact my kids play minecraft on every device that supports it i think i might have helped pay for notch's uh mansion now that i think about it well well Oh my! Okay. I guess we'll have to go down the line and count how many <laughs> devices you have. So, 
So, um, yeah, at night the, the mobs spawn and, um, you need to protect yourself The spiders can climb walls. So you need to create something with a roof. Creepers will, um, walk through doors and chase you around. So you need to make sure that you're completely walled off. You can look at them through glass, for instance, and they won't see you. If you open up, the, if you open up the door, it sees a path and it will actually come after you. They are also very, very quiet to the point where you're sitting there digging in a wall, trying to get some coal extracted so you can create torches or something. Right. And you just dig, 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 dig. And then you hear this, boom, (laughs) that's a creeper creeping up on you and exploding. Oh, like a bomb. How funny. I did not know that. Yeah. And at that point, um, you lose half of your experience because, um, well, you die and have to respawn back at wherever you slept last or the spawn point. And if you make it back to where you blew up, you can collect half of your experience orbs. So what is experience used for if you're not leveling up? You, you use it for um, enchantments. So oh. like, for instance, you can create a, a stone sword or an iron sword or a diamond sword. And just like in um, some of our other games, you can add modifiers to that. Okay. And those are the enchantments. So once you level up to a certain point and you have enough experience, you can add like a level four damage enchantment, which takes the damage from like plus six or plus seven up to plus nine, plus 12. And then instead of having to take four swings to kill a creeper, it might be just one swing. Okay. See so that? it increases your survivability at that point. And that all sounds very RPG-esque. A little bit, except that you don't have skills within your character to increase the, um, you know, you can't mine faster, but you can create a tool that will help you mine faster. Okay. But to get to that point, you have to go and, you know, kill a bunch of mobs or you have to mine like a certain amount of coal or gold or, you know, stuff like that. So I didn't know that. I also didn't know that there was a goal to the game. So I've already learned something new that makes it more appealing. Yeah. So, and that's what, um, that's what intrigued me originally was the fact that, okay, it's a game that has in game. It's sandboxed to the point where you can express yourself in terms of creativity and the way that you want to complete certain quests. Um, it also helps to go out to like the little wiki page so you know how to craft things. That's what the mine is the digging part, the crafting is the creation part. Oh yeah, my kids almost immediately had to have all these Minecraft how-to books. Oh yeah, the books have all of the the recipes on how to create things. Like you can create a piston that will activate with a switch and it basically works just like a like a regular piston. It goes out and comes back in. Um you can craft one of those, and then if you want to make it so that it's a quote-unquote sticky piston, you take the piston, and then they add something to it. And then at that point, whatever block you put on top will stay there. Interesting. So, um, yeah, and then there's uh, the, the crafting element is one where you have to go out to the wiki, obviously, and, and figure out how you need to do things. Um, some of the items you can find in the game, so there are... Um, like dungeons and caves and crevices and fortresses, um, temples, all these things get generated within the world. And with, when you find one of those, like for instance, as a a temple, which is similar to like the Egyptian, um, pyramid temple sort of things from way back. Okay. Um, within there, there's, uh, four rare chests down in the, in the catacombs. Also underneath it is, 
uh, let's see, it's nine blocks of TNT. Yeah, it's nine. Okay. So, um, yeah, so there's nine blocks of TNT. And the reason that that is important is because in the center of the room is a um, basically a pressure plate or a trip. So if you touch that, it will set off the TNT and blow you up. Oh, it's total Indiana Jones, right? <laughs> yeah, and it also blows up all the rare chests. Oh, that's no good. So say, for instance, you find this temple, you walk in, um, on the floor is a blue square, um, several um, sand squares, which are tan, and then a bunch of um, red squares. So being the adventurer, what would you do? Would you find one of the uh, red ones, one of the tan ones, or the blue one? Probably the blue one, because there's only one, right? It's got to be rare. Right. So you mine the blue one, and then you fall down. You fall down, what is it, like 20 20 blocks, which will damage you. Okay. But that's also where the pressure plate is. So you land on the pressure plate. It sets up the TNT, blows up all the chests, and uh, basically a lot of the room around you, and then you spawn back at your your house. Uh, Okay. And then at that point, all your experience is in the bottom of that pit. No, that's kind of mean. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit mean. So, um, you know, obviously once you do that once, then you can figure out another way to get down to the rare chests. And you can also mine the TNT and use that to go blow holes in mountains and stuff like that. Okay. Well, it sounds kind of clever. Yeah. So there's a, you know, those are certain different elements in the game. Um, and then uh, there's three worlds. So there's the outer world, which is the, the base world that you land in, that's the one that has trees and different biomes. The biomes are uh, sand areas or like trees, mountains, snowy areas, oceans. My guess is they have different kinds of blocks, right? Yeah, different blocks and different um, items that are there. And then there's another world called the Neither World, which you have to go to to get certain elements so that you can craft the items to get you to the end world. And that's where the dragon is. Okay. And then once you kill the dragon, you get an egg, and that egg is basically your trophy saying you completed. Okay. And at that point, all the quests are done, so you can go and continue on doing what you're doing, or you can start over and do it again. Now, I see always lots of fancy images of people that have built these insane structures. Oh, like... Like, you know, Eiffel Towers and... The Death recreations Star. of London or whatever. <laughs> the the first one, uh, let's see, the first um, bit of Minecraft that I was exposed to was a YouTube video of a guy who had recreated the um, Enterprise, Star Trek Enterprise in the Minecraft world. And he said it was accurate down to the uh, the rooms, the different levels on the deck, and the engines, and, you know, he said it was accurate to the blueprints. And, you know, you see the video of it, and I'm like, holy crap, how did they build that? Yeah, these guys have a lot of time on their hands. Yeah, well, I think that in this case, he had created a server and then had all of his friends in there helping him. That makes sense. Now, I know that you can play creative and survival modes, Mm -hmm. because I know my kids alternate between the two, and I'm guessing the creative mode is just building stuff then. That's the sandbox element. Yeah, that's the major sandbox. There's no, um, there's experience that, like if you enchant something, it takes experience away from you and you gather experience, but it doesn't tell you what that experience is. It also allows you to fly. You can grab any block that's available in the game. So if you need to have wooden planks, for instance, you go into the, 
main game inventory, you select the wooden planks you want, and then you can go and lay down as many of them as you want. I think we've done a pretty good job describing Minecraft, and I have honestly learned some stuff. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the technical aspects of Minecraft, this being, uh, you know, a Hardware Asylum podcast. Oh, yeah. So I know that there are lots of different things you can do logistically behind the scenes in the game or to the game. Hmm. And you have learned how to run servers. And I have learned how to mod games. (laughs) All right. Well, let's do the server one since that one's relatively easy. Um, Minecraft itself is a Java-based game. So it's written in the Java language. You download a file that executes a jar file that goes and that's what plays the game. When you add mods, which is the thing that you're talking about, that is also Java jars that get imported and remerged with the base game. So that's how they, they handle the, that aspect of it. The server is basically a jar that goes and runs against Java to create a, a network interaction so you can link different game nodes together. Technically speaking, it starts up an area that runs your map. Now, I know when you're launching the game, you have seeds. And the seed, you can you can launch off of a seed. Right. I know I've downloaded some seeds, so uh, maybe there's a better description, but the, the seed is the elements that are available in the world? The seed is the algorithm that creates the game. So um, this is programming talk here, but basically when... You download Minecraft, the, there's a generator algorithm that goes and creates the outer world, the neither, and the end. And these get generated once you reach a certain area. So when you are at the spawn, there's like 100 by 100 blocks that are generated in the world. And that's based off of that seed number. So that seed will go and modify where certain things are generated and how often they get generated, um, where the, the biome that you launch in, um, the height of the world, like how much water is there, stuff like that. So it's a certain, um, it's basically just kind of a, like an encryption key to unlock a certain world. That's interesting. Yeah. And if you pass that seed, like say the, the world that I'm playing in, I want to allow you to play in the same world. I give you that seed key and then you are playing in the same world I am. Okay. That explains why people are always trading good seeds because those are good starting positions good Mm -hmm. worlds then yep so that's not that much different than trading save games except for you're not actually getting the modified world you're just getting the you're getting the the generator that creates the yeah like the genesis right Mm -hmm. that makes sense and i also know that you can get um uh texture packs and and that's part of the whole mod thing Mm -hmm. so you can change what kinds of blocks are in the world yeah a lot of the mods are um I think the mods that you were talking about are, are actual game modifiers where you can play hide-and-seek or you can change the world from grass blocks to TNT blocks. Yes, yes. Or modify, like, every stone block is now going to be um, a candy block. <laughs> you know, something like that, just something crazy. And that's where you you just change certain identifiers in the game to react differently, mm-hmm. and um, they all get mined about the same way. So, like, a a stone block will take, like, a certain amount of damage before it breaks. And then you just take that damage modifier and change the name, say, okay, now this is a sugar block. And it takes this amount of damage, and this is what it looks like. Right, right. So and my the- kids have gotten very into uh, uh, custom worlds. Now, 
I, we talked about some of the different uh, platforms that my children play on. Well, um, because you can hot seat um, on a single player, but on the console version, so we play on the PlayStation 3 or the PlayStation 4 at the house, uh, the kids can play four-player split screen. So that is a real common social experience. Mm-hmm. And so we have purchased for them, oh, go Notch's Mansion, um, <laughs> some of the the packs for that. And the PlayStation 3, most recently, it being that time of year, we purchased a Halloween theme pack, which had Halloween-themed creatures and I, I'm guessing a Halloween-themed seed. So the the creatures look like, you know, skeletons and there's jack-o'-lanterns and, <laughs> and everything's really done in oranges and blacks and stuff. Yeah, the the color modifiers. And they do that on the Xbox as well, where you can download, like, the Scooby-Doo texture pack. <laughs> nice. And it changes, like, zombies to look, like, shaggy and, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of, Halloween just passed a couple of weeks ago, and we were uh, playing Minecraft on... Halloween while we're waiting for trick-or-treaters to come by and a, a random number of skeletons and zombies had pumpkin heads oh nice even so, in the basic game huh yeah even in the basic game they went and added like little jack-o'-lanterns and stuff oh well, that's fun to see I'm still supporting it I know lots of games have seasonal content but I mm. wouldn't have guessed it in Minecraft yeah and well part of that is that when you play and launch the game it reaches out to the Minecraft servers and pulls down the latest version of the binaries Mm-hmm. So it's always up to date based off of the current version. Well, that might be a good opportunity to talk a little bit about learning how to mod Minecraft, ah. which is where I have some expertise. So my kids watch these really great YouTube videos, which is how they've been learning how to play Minecraft, mm-hmm. that in the books. And so they, of course, see these really cool builds on YouTube and we discovered fairly quickly that a lot of these builds are based on specific combinations of mods. And modding Minecraft uh, is really very easy once you know what you're doing, but finding out how to mod it was, you know, kind of difficult. But I'll just summarize for you guys. You need a front-end launcher, the one that is most popular, and the one that we use is a, a piece of software called Forge. And it's easy to remember because it reminds me a lot of SourceForge, which is of course, where you get lots of user-generated content that we use for all kinds of stuff. And so you put the Forge uh, front-end in, and it loads, I guess, through Java. Now I know. Yep. And it will pull up whatever mods are in the directory that are compatible with whatever build. Yeah, the the way I understand it, it's um, it overlays the classes. So when you have the you have the vanilla game that runs, and then you have a mod on top of mm-hmm. that, and that mod replaces the classes down below. So if you want to replace a skeleton with a bull, for instance, or something like that, it just right. goes and renames that that model and turns it into something else. So the mechanics of launching it is kind of interesting, and you didn't really touch on this, but to make the mod work, you go into your launcher, and you launch off of the game profile that's called Forge, which mm-hmm. is the trigger, and then you have to match it up with the version of Forge that you want to use. So... Minecraft reminds me a lot of other games like Doom and Quake where the build eventually got locked down tighter from their early shareware days. And you had kind of alluded to this where you could get the shareware and you could pay a little money and they would send you the the uh, piece of code that would unlock the full game on the disc, but you had it all along. Right. Now, Forge works in a similar way in that you have this front end, but it requires a specific build to be available on the back end to unlock it. 
So the 1.7.1x build is where Forge has the most amount of mods because that's when it really became popular. Right. And that is um, that stems from a couple of limitations of Java where the version of the code and the version of the classes that goes into the game is very um, specific and that you can't mix mm-hmm. and match them together, which is a, a bit of a limitation. Like, But uh, we see it in also in like certain games like Call of Duty, for instance. You would always have to download the latest patch to play on XYZ server. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have and to it's, match. It's kind of the same thing with, uh, with Minecraft, except it's very, like, even down to, like, 0. .0005. Mm-hmm. you know, down to those versions. Now, I think you had talked about this a little bit from your server-side adventures that it, it really is based on what's serving the game. And, of course, since we're just serving locally, it's local content. So it does limit what builds and what mods you have available. And, in fact, you know, as you'd expect, the vanilla Minecraft is soldiered on. It is at 1.8-something last mm-hmm. time I looked. Um, so there are some mods that work in these newer builds, but... The one that we spent a whole bunch of time adding mods to is that 1.71 something. Yep. And so that's what my kids play when they want to play the modified game. And to give some examples of the kind of mods they like, they have a uh, a texture pack that's a high-res texture pack. And I don't want to give you guys the, the wrong impression. Uh, a high-res block in Minecraft is not you know a 1080p block. <laughs> it's just a higher-res it's the, yeah, it's the texture that gets applied to the block. <laughs> so they, they allow more color combinations, and, and that makes for, I guess, more recipe combinations, it sounds like, probably yeah. from crafting. Yeah, it moves up from like 32 by 32 in terms of resolution up mm-hmm. to, you know, 512 by 512. So lots more combinations, so more recipes and more items in-game, which is fun for the kids. We have one that's um, it's called the Millionaire Mod, which... Uh, uh, allows tons and tons and tons more items and um, I'm guessing money. Uh, oh, it probably changes the spawn rates. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, um, in the real world, gold is pretty rare. Diamonds are even more rare, but coal is pretty common. Oh, yeah, that sounds right because they do find more diamonds and emeralds and yeah, and, and redstone mm-hmm. and lapis. And there's a like there's an ocean mod my daughter loves. Um, I'm, the vanilla game, I guess the ocean is kind of just a you know a border, and there's not anything going on. But this one adds sea life and stuff that you can explore in the water. Hmm. So there are water structures and ruins and sunken ships and fish and such. Oh, wow. And she likes that because that takes a part of the world that was otherwise kind of worthless and makes it fun to explore also. And then lastly, she has um, been requesting a backpack mod so she can carry more stuff around. And that that reminds me of, uh, you know, every RPG that you've ever played, you want to carry more stuff. There's always some sort of mod that allows it. So let's just give you some ideas of the mods. Mm-hmm. So my kids play the factory mods on the PlayStations because well, you just can't mod it like a PC. And they do their really creative stuff on the PC. Um, unfortunately, because of the limitations of the house, they usually play solo and that yeah, it just makes more sense and yeah. honestly keeps there from being problems. <laughs> but it, it is extending the longevity of the game tremendously. And I know you talked about that as well from a server standpoint, but you're playing uh, actively, whereas I'm just kind of the support structure. Yeah, well, I'm playing it mostly because the game intrigues me. And truth be told, once I get to the end and finally you know, beat the dragon in survival mode, 
because obviously you can go down in, in creative because you won't die. Right. And you can just sit there and wait for the dragon to come by and bomb, bomb, bomb and, <laughs> and kill him. But in the survival aspect, you have to deal with um, hunger, which is how full your stomach is. And if you have a full hunger bar, then it will regenerate health for you. And then you also have a heart bar, which is, you know, how much health you have, how much um, damage you can take, stuff like that. And then you have armor that will go and deflect certain amounts of damage. Um, supposedly, if you go to fight the Ender Dragon, you have to have certain enchantments, one of them being um, health regeneration. And they say that uh, the fight with the dragon should last a certain amount of time. So you oh, can, wow. So you can take down this many enchantment bottles to go and refill your health bar all the time so you don't have to run around. Um, you know, obviously gamers have done this already so they sure. kind of know what needs to happen so oh, yeah youtubers <laughs> yeah youtubers and also on the wiki and stuff like that so there's always there's a lot of content but as i was reading more about the game and that 2.5 billion dollar buyout i learned a bit about how the game started and when it first started it got launched as an indie game and that's why you can still buy or not buy but download minecraft for free but it's like the 1.40 beta or something like that. Right. Really old and clunky. But back in those days, there was no documentation. So all of the like crafting recipes were all on um, forums. Oh, yeah. Because you'd have to figure that stuff out or find somebody else that had figured it out or wait until the creators shared that mm -hmm. information. Right. And now that, you know, the game is purchasable, um, that's all on like a wiki that gets updated by the community. Um, and then also when the developers release a new, uh, like a new mob or a new, um, crafting recipe, they'll say, oh, well, this is in version 1.9 and it will be coming out, blah, 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 sometime or whatever. Um, so all that stuff is available, which is nice along with, um, strategies on how to kill the dragon, how to get ender eyes, um, you know, all the elements of the game that you need so that you can complete the quest. Much deeper than I would have guessed. So yeah. what made you decide to start playing? Um, well, believe it or not, back in the day, the day, <laughs> I used to play a game called NetHack, which was, I think, one of the more popular text-based roguelike games that was dungeon-based. It was a lot like D&D. &D. Yeah, one of the originals for most folks, uh, maybe the beginning. Right. Well, the and it was based off of some of the token world and put in a lot of D&D &D elements, but it was an adventure game where you'd start on a certain dungeon and then you would collect resources, well, kind of collect resources. You go and find like a shopkeeper and steal all this stuff or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, and the, the quest was to go down and get the amulet of Yender and then make it all the way back out. Well, I played that game for hours and hours and it would be a time sink. It would be one of those where you make it down like two levels. Okay, now I got to save. And this was back, you know, Tandy 1000 days where I had five and a quarter discs. Oh, wow. So I'd have... Um, part of the save in a RAM disk, this is technical stuff, by the way, have part of the save in the RAM disk and then would um, have to save it to a floppy and then copy that save so that I could, if I died at one point, I could uh, restore my save and then try again. So I kind of cheated the game a bit. But uh, I would play that game for hours. And that Minecraft is a lot like that because I like the adventure aspect because there's these hidden caves all over the place. There's... Uh, crevices that you can fall into. Um, I started experimenting a little bit with the MC Edit tool, which is a level editor that allows you to go and create spawns and 
um, changed aspects in the world and create your own custom world and not have to be in game to do it. Well, you can also explore all of the caves that have been generated so you can find out where certain fortresses are or where certain temples are. So that kind of helps a little bit with the game, but it also helps with the exploration and also the, you know, the parts of the game that I actually like, I can find out more about it. So you would, uh, Set up a server, you play locally, what's your strategy? Well, I started locally and then I um, I created a server on my local Linux box so that the game is always running and so that other people can join in and um, kind of help me with certain aspects of the game. Interesting. So that's how you get your server-side experience. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll have to give it a second look. Would you recommend it? What kind of player is your, your target audience for this? You know... <laughs> I mentioned this in the other podcast is like, I always assumed Minecraft was like for 12 year olds, but, um, I'm actually enjoying it and I'm, I want to consider myself somewhat of an adult gamer. I mean, <laughs> I, it's like dying light is a really fun game to me. And I got a lot of hours on that. I have a lot of hours in borderlands. Um, so those are the kind of games that I like to play. And I guess it's the first person aspect along with the sandboxing, along with the adventure portion of the game that I like so much. So, you know, I, all ages, I guess. Fantastic. And it's your opportunity to check it out before Microsoft does whatever they do with it, good or bad. So, all right, we'll have to give it a second look. And if you're playing Minecraft, uh, maybe it's an opportunity to share with us what mods and strategies work for you. And we'll see you in the Hardware Asylum forums. For more information on the topics discussed in this podcast, please consult our show notes on hardwareasylum.com. Stay up to date on the latest at Hardware Asylum by subscribing to our RSS. Follow us on Google or like us on Facebook. This has been an Ninja Lane production, copyright 2015. Thanks for listening.